This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hey, basketball fans. It's your favorite podcast, Around the Rim, and it's your producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. I know you guys are waiting to hear from LaChina, and trust me, you will. But this episode of Around the Rim is super special and a lot of fun. We are here live in Tampa for the women's final four. And let me tell you, the city is ready and we are geared up and ready to go for what we know will be an amazing semifinals and championship matchups between four amazing teams. But on this particular podcast, we are showing some love to our WBCA Naismith Hall of Fame position award winners. So the Hall of Fame partners with the Women's Basketball Coaches Association to present five awards. And these five awards are named after arguably the best women to ever play the game of basketball. So you have Nancy Lieberman with the Point Guard of the Year Award, the Ann Meyer Drysdale Shooting Guard of the Year Award, Cheryl Miller Small Forward of the Year Award, Katrina McClain Power Forward of the Year Award, and Lisa Leslie Center of the Year. And so we were fortunate enough to have our host, LaChina Robinson, sit down with not only the award winners, but the Hall of Famers themselves. So when I say you guys are in for a treat, believe me, this podcast is amazing. Now, unfortunately, we did not get to sit down with Sabrina Unescu from Oregon, who is the Nancy Lieberman Point Guard of the Year. Nor did we get to sit down with Nafisa Collier, who won the Katrina McClain Power Forward of the Year Award. But that was for a good reason, because they are getting ready for the final four. However, we did sit down with Asia Durr from Louisville, who is the recipient of the Ann Myers Drysdale Shooting Guard of the Year Award. We also got to speak with Megan Gustafson from Iowa, who is the winner of the Lisa Leslie Center of the Year Award. And yes, we got to spend some time also with Bridget Carlton from Iowa State, who's the recipient of the Cheryl Miller Small Ford of the Year Award. In the second half, you guys are going to hear from the Hall of Famers themselves, okay? Yes, we've got Ann Myers-Drysdale. We've got Nancy Lieberman. We have Cheryl Miller. We have Katrina McClain. We have Lisa Leslie. And to top it off and put some icing on the cake, we also have Teresa Edwards. So sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy this podcast because it is amazing. The nuggets that they bring is amazing. The players are amazing. And LaChina is amazing when she sits down with these awesome people. So without further ado. Well, basketball fans, um, I'm usually really happy when I introduce one of our guests, but I have to say my heart is really hurting right now and also broken because the reality that I won't see this young woman um, play again in a Louisville uniform is starting to hit me. Um, join me in welcoming to the show, Asia Durr. Welcome, Asia. Hey, LaChina. We're both, we're both looking really sad right now. Yeah. How hard is it for you to be here? Oh, it's tough. Um, it's It's super tough. Uh, seeing all the banners and seeing everybody just uh, smiling and happy. Um, it's tough, but it's also cool, you know, at the same time. So um, it's new. I've never been through this before. So um, 
I'm just trying to take it all in. Of course you have it because you've always been here and been a part of it. And so don't yeah. worry. We're, we're hurting with you. Okay. We don't have to talk it. about all that anymore. We're going right. to celebrate the fact that um, the accolades continue to roll in for you. I mean, all American and including what we're talking about in this podcast, which you are the Ann Myers Drysdale shooting guard of the year. Uh, and there was stiff competition. I mean, it was yeah. you and Enrique and Macy Morris from, from Kentucky. Uh, what does it mean to you uh, to be named for this award especially after someone like ann myers drysdale i mean just to be in that category is i'm thankful for it you know those are some great players Enrique, she's a heck of a player you know she could score anytime um on the court so um, i'm just thankful for it and i'm thankful for my last year i'm thankful for all four years you know playing back there but uh you know obviously um uh, to I guess to sum this up, I I guess I would just say I'm just very thankful for it all. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you're here to get all these awards, and right. I know your parents are here. But this right. is a, a this is a busy time. You got the draft coming up next oh, yeah. week, WBA draft. Yeah. So look, did you see how I perked up? Because that means <laughs> I'm going to see you play again. All right. Exactly. Um, and, and I'll definitely see you next week in New York. But what what is this time like for you? Like, are you going through agent discussions? Like, what all kind of stuff do you have to do right now in preparation for what's next? Oh man, I thought college was crazy. This part is crazy. It's like phone call after phone call trying to come down with one um talking to uh nike Mm -hmm. and a few other people um and also just schoolwork too so it's like it's all coming in at the same time so i'm just trying to balance it all the right way but my family they they have been great coach walls and his whole staff they've been great too so i'm just thankful to have that nice cast yeah, a lot yeah. of information coming in, right? A lot of decisions to oh, make. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I know, I hear you, uh, when you were just saying Nike, and I'm looking at the Adidas on your shirt, I'm like, okay, we might have some choices to yeah, make pretty soon. We got some choices. Oh, that's do. good. I mean, yeah. that's a good thing. You know, speaking of, um, the draft, mm-hmm. they did a conference call, I guess, the other day, and they asked um, Bill Lambeer, who he thought was in play for the number one pick, and he named you and Tierra McCowan, and that was it. So it sounds like, you know, there's a good chance as far as where things are headed now. Now, I'm not saying you can always trust Bill, because Bill will throw some stuff out there, but, um, right. you know, it sounds like you're going to be in play to be a number one pick. What would that mean to you to be selected number one overall? Honestly, um, it's a dream come true i've dreamed of that since i was a kid so um rather if i was third fourth or fifth or tenth or first i don't care i'll just i i i want to get drafted to a team that really wants me and um takes me in and uses me the right way so um my family my mom would probably be crying she always cries but (laughs) my dad would be happy and very uh excited about it so i'm i'm just thankful for it all man it's it's a dream come true i know your parents i mean it's it must be great to share all this with them and then yeah Mm -hmm. your mom's definitely gonna cry um (laughs) as you mentioned um you know a team using you in the right way and i know that you had experience with the national team and Mm -hmm. you've been you know you had that chance to play around WNBA players how do you think you would be best used at the next level based on what you've experienced there, but then also who you know yourself to be as a player? Well, playing back last year with USA, um, it it changes. You know, it just comes with what the team needs. So I was kind of like a score and pass. Um, so uh, like I was a point guard 
um, and Coach Walls, he coached me out there. But it's not like he was trying to force me or try to make me score. It was just I was just out there making plays. And the game is so fast, so you have to be able to make that uh, read. So um, I don't know what that would be if that's me being a point guard, a pass first type of player or a score first type of player. Um, I don't care. I just want to play. The way that jumper looks, you are never going to be a pass first anybody. <laughs> hey, okay? look, so I don't know. I don't, yeah. I'm going to take that off the table for you, okay. which is why you won the shooting guard award. If there is a coach out here in the world that's going to tell you to pass it before you shoot it. I mean, not to say that every shot is good, but your shot, uh, I'm taking it. I, I mean, team lefty it. all the way. Thank you, um, team lefty. But I'm also curious, like, you know, we have looked at the landscape of, of women's basketball change so much. And so the parity, right? So mm-hmm. now we see new teams like Oregon in the right. final four. Mm-hmm. Relying on your experience, if you were sitting here with a first timer, like Sabrina Ionescu, for example, is getting ready to expand her first final four. You've been there. Like, what did you learn from playing here that you would pass on or that you're going to take with you um, to the WNBA? What did you learn in the final four experience? I would say just to have fun soak it all in um people get so caught up in like playing a game um you miss all the things that's like taking place so um having fun it's like once in a lifetime like people don't always go to a final four so um having fun and then also breakdowns you can't really have breakdowns against great teams which we had one last year which caused us the game so um paying like focus on the small things and really pay attention to uh, those things because they 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 count. You know what I'm saying? So if coach says switch, then switch. If, yeah. Like do what he says, and he like what he says counts. So that can cause you the game in a good way or a bad way. Yeah, I know it's a, a little bit still an open wound, but I'm just curious <laughs> when you think about. Um, your experience at Louisville, what are mm-hmm. some of the memories, um, maybe on the court moments right. or mm-hmm. around basketball that you'll take with you and keep forever? I say the fans, like they meet my whole family, like they're big fans and they just, they want to be there for you. They're friends too. So, um, even like my brothers, like they're all like so proud. They just want to meet my whole family. And I think that's so cool because they don't just care about me, but they care about who's by me too. So um, I would say the fans and also just the whole thing. I mean, it was just so much fun. I can't really sum it up into one thing, but it's just like, man, like that was crazy. I still can't really think that I'm done. It's like really crazy. I'm like, wow, like I was just playing college ball. Now I'm done. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it happens so fast. fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me, I know. Like, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The good yeah. thing about your journey is you were winning most of your four years. I was not, so it went really, really fast. <laughs> That's when not you too were like, oh, we were getting winning. ready to win then. You know, right, then yeah, yeah, yeah. I know over. exactly what you're So, saying. at least, you know, you got this experience in, and you right. have had a fantastic career. Thank I mean, you. you've just been so fun to watch. Uh, my last question um, WNBA fans are going to be wondering what is Asia Durr like. They know who you are as a as a player, but if you had, if you were telling someone who you are, what you're passionate about off the court, what are some of the things? Music, mm-hmm. shoes, clothes, mm-hmm. social media. Like, what is it that, that Asia loves outside of basketball? Right, outside of basketball, I like 
music. Mm-hmm. Um, I know who you like. What music do you like? Nipsey, because of what just happened. Oh, yeah. Like I was a fan of his songs like way before all this took place. So yeah. now since like that took place, I've been playing him for the past like yes, four days. It's, it's like Ugh. it's crazy. Sick. It's crazy. Yeah, I like him. I like Gunna, Young Thug, Lil Baby. <laughs> oh God! Oh no! You see your I'm OB here, you. like oh, no, she <laughs> she like it. Like you probably got some of that in your earphones right now, Tarika. Yeah, y'all think I'm listening to y'all? I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I know you're not. I yeah. Not. So I mean that, and I also like playing 2K. I'm I'm like real chill. I don't really do too much. I don't go out and really party. Um, well, not in college. Like yeah. outside of college, I might go out, but um, besides that, I'm just real chill. I don't really do much. I yeah. just I don't really have time to. Well, let me tell you, you gonna have a lot to do if you end up in Vegas or New York. <laughs> so you know, that's what I heard. <laughs> it's a little different from Louisville. So a lot um, different. Are you gonna give us any hints on what you might be wearing next week for the draft? I don't know yet. I oh, got a little you don't surprise. you have narrowed down the options? I have, but oh, okay, just stay tuned. Okay. I got I got a little song. I got a little song. Well, Asia, we so enjoyed watching you throughout your career, and congratulations on all of your accolades. And this is just the beginning. I mean. Thank it's four you. years. I know it's like devastating right now to be over, but you got a long life of playing left ahead of you. And um, you're going to be awesome at the next Thank level. Thank you, LaChina. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. ATL know. represent. You know, that's how we do it. That's how we do. Hey. All right. Asia Durr, we're out. Thank you. Well, basketball fans, I have not one but two guests with me that I, I almost can't believe that Iowa and Iowa State are coming together right now for this. So I guess that's the first thing. Like, had you guys ever met pre- prior to this? And, and what is there a really strong rivalry that happens? Yeah, there's definitely a rivalry for sure. But we played against each other for four years, and we respect each other so much. Obviously, Megan's a great player, so it's not that you know be here with her and just enjoy this experience together. I think. Yeah, I would agree. Um, obviously, Iowa State's definitely a big rival, but again, you know, Bridget's such an amazing player, and we definitely respect each other. Well, you guys have had amazing careers, and you know, we we want to get to know you. Talk a little bit more about basketball and your time at Iowa State in Iowa. But the real reason why we're here, I just talked about this a minute ago is you won two awards um small forward of the year after cheryl miller and center of the year after lisa leslie what does it mean to you guys to win those awards after those two iconic players yeah it's an honor that's the only way to describe it um just obviously two great players and to be in that conversation and then to receive that award it's it's humbling it's just amazing i'm really proud and excited about it just to um you know even get to meet cheryl you know that's really exciting um but yeah i'm really proud of how far i've come and you know to be recognized for this is just is crazy to me yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, it's just, it's an honor and to be able to wear an Iowa uniform and, um, you know, I'm sure Bridget can say the same thing about Iowa State, but, um, you know, it's just been incredible. We've had so, such good support from the whole state of Iowa and, um, just thinking about those two people, you know, before us, you know, with Cheryl and Lisa Leslie, it's just been incredible to think about those names that, um, you know, we get to possibly meet today. Well, the good thing is you guys are going to continue to play, even though your college careers are over. So maybe one day you'll be up there in the Cheryl Miller, <laughs> Leslie Light, right? Uh, 
I would just love to know about your basketball backgrounds, like mm-hmm. how you started playing, who were your early influences. We're talking about positions a little bit, which I know for me being a center, it's funny because now I'm a, I'm a small center, I'm 6'4", right? So people <laughs> always say, did you play power forward? I'm like, no, I was a center. You know, so there's a little bit of, you know, pride that comes along with that, but also the versatility of the game now is great. So mm-hmm. just some about how you started playing and your early influences and, and what position you play. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a shooting guard small forward um my mom was my basketball coach all growing up and I was always tall but she always didn't want to like lock me into one position ever so um and I started to love playing on the perimeter you know I get the post up every once in a while but no I do love playing on the perimeter and um it's kind of stuck with me all through you know high school club and then on to college you know I like dribbling the ball at the court even though I'm 6'1 6'2 it's it's fun it's it's part of my game but um it's I I love it and I love being versatile in, in that part for sure yeah, I would say for me, um, I grew up in a really small town. I grew, you know, graduated with 11 kids in my class. And so, you know, a lot of times I'd be playing up. So, you know, in second grade, I'd be on the fifth and sixth grade team. And, um, you know, in fourth grade, I'd be helping out with the middle school team. And, um, yeah, I mean, both my parents played college basketball. My sister played college basketball. Um, you know, I mean, there is so few opportunities, you know, growing up with basketball. But, um, you know, it even came to the point where in eighth grade, there wasn't enough girls for the eighth grade uh, team. So I joined the eighth grade boys team and, and started on the eighth grade boys team. And so, um, you know, just those kind of experiences growing up from a small town has definitely shaped me into the player I am today. Well, I can tell you this. And, and fans, if you're just joining the podcast, we are talking to Bridget Carlton of Iowa State and Megan Gustafson of Iowa. Uh, both of y'all are tough as nails. Okay. <laughs> like, I would not want to go to war with either one of you on either side of the floor. Um, how, how did you maybe embrace that, right? Because we all, well, some, I guess maybe I feel like I experienced that whole, my mom wanted me to be a cheerleader, you know, like girls should do this and this is how you should. But I mean, both of y'all break the mold in terms of your toughness and strength. How did you embrace that? And, and where did that come from? Uh, for me and Megan might attest to this too. It's, that's the fun part of the game. I love mm-hmm. being physical. I love, you know, controlling what I can and that's part of the game that you can control just going doing everything as hard as you can as fast as you can as as perfect as you can and just being physical getting your nose in there and just doing whatever you can to help your team win I think that's such a fun part of the competitiveness of the game for sure yeah I would agree um you know just being able to compete every single day you know I, I'm sure Bridget can say the same thing but we love the game of basketball um we love every part of it defense offense um you know the physicality it's something that I take on as a challenge and so um you know it's something that I embrace and um yeah I'm just thankful to be here I'm thinking about a video that I saw that went viral, and I'm, I know you've seen it, not only of you doing the mic and drill, which I despise, okay? Um, <laughs> which I'm like, she's doing it with two balls? Like, what is going on here? I was barely doing it with one. Um, but you doing the mic and drill, and then a little girl that was in her neighborhood after watching mm-hmm. you play, struggling with her two balls, trying to get it up there, but she wanted to be Megan. Yeah. Um, if you guys could give advice, you know, to someone who is maybe starting, getting ready to start their NCAA career, mm-hmm. or or embracing basketball, what do you think is one quality that helped you get to where you are today that you would pass on to one of those little girls? Yeah, um, I would just say your work ethic. You know, that's something that I try to pride myself on every single day. There's not a lot of things you can control in the game of basketball, but you can control how hard you work. And so, um, you know, just embracing whatever role that you get once you get to the college level and just working as hard as you possibly can every single day. I think that's my best advice I would give. Yeah, for sure. Um, I totally agree with that. That and, you know, just being passionate about what you're doing, you know, whether that's, you know, in all aspects of your life, but especially if you're wanting to be an athlete and wanting to go to school and play sports, you know, being passionate about it and just 
giving your full commitment every day to, to how good you want to be, and that's kind of that will tell how good you will be by the passion you put into it. Oh, yeah. That's excellent advice. Passion does push you a long way, especially those days that you don't feel like getting yes. up, right? Sure, sure. But you love it. Yes. Um, and again, I know the wounds are are still fresh for you guys, but if there's one memory on the court for you that stands out from your time playing college basketball, um, what would it be? And I know it's hard because you had a lot of good time with your teammates and stuff, but if there's one moment where you're like, that was like, yes. Or if you could hang a picture in your house of one moment in your basketball career, what moment would that be? I think for me, um, obviously there was a lot of great memories at Iowa State. We've had a lot of good wins, a lot of great you know runs, but I think senior night was just an unbelievable day, an unbelievable night. Um, it wasn't our best game by any means. We didn't play well. We, had, we won the game, but um, just that environment, you know, our whole team was so, you know, willing to do whatever they could for the seniors that, well, the whole year, but that night especially, and just the attention that our fans, you know, brought to us, and they just really were so helpful or thankful that we were there and um, just so supportive and, you know, grateful, and I was, you know, interned for them. It was the same same relationship, so I was just, I think that was just, you know, it stands out for me. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely have to say winning the Big Ten Tournament Championship this year. Um, it was honestly incredible. You know, you kind of dream about winning those kind of championships with your team when you come into college. And so, um, you know, I'm, I was just so proud of my team and how we fought. Um, you know, three games in three days is a lot. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people thought we could pull it out, but we did. And um, it was honestly one of the most incredible moments. You know, I broke down in tears after the buzzer went off and um, something I will never forget. Yeah, I was actually there and, um, you know, Looking at the history, obviously, of the Big Ten as recent, Maryland's kind of been that hump that a lot of people haven't been able to get over. Now you guys mm-hmm. have beat them already, but um, it, it was an electric environment. Your fans were amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it truly felt like magic being there, especially some of the plays that you guys made down the stretch of that game. It, it was it was yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So we fast forward to um, what's next for you guys, and it happened mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Have you picked out your draft outfits yet? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> like, like whatever you're gonna wear on that night, no matter where you are, because uh, we've seen a you know variety. You know, I don't know if you be in New York or if you're at home, but you always want to take good pictures on that night. So you gotta have an outfit. Um, but as far as your aspirations um, at the next level, when did they start? When did you start paying attention to the WNBA? Um, and what are you looking forward to most? Yeah, I think well, they started for me. You know, I play for the national team, the Canadian national mm-hmm. team, and um, you know, my goal one day is to go to the Olympics. So I think um, obviously with that comes playing professionally. You know, hopefully playing in the WNBA, hopefully playing overseas. Um, so that's when my passion really grew for the game. Um, and then kind of it became more and more realistic as my college career came on, and this year especially. So I'm just really excited for the opportunity wherever I wherever I end up, however I end up. So I'm just really really excited um, to try to take that next step in my in my career. Yeah, um, I would definitely say that, you know, my interest grew, you know, eighth grade year, especially when I knew that I could really do something with the sport in terms of, um, you know, whatever it happens. But yeah, my love for basketball just grew in high school and I thought I could, I could do something at the next level. And again, I would say that, you know, as my college career has gone on, you know, I started to pay a lot more attention to the WNBA and, um, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to play overseas too. So. I'm excited for both those opportunities if I'm given the uh, the opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, if there's one thing I can go back and do, I, I just kick myself all the time. When I finished my college career, I had an injury, so I had to sit out for actually a whole year back. And so I sat out, I got an internship, and I loved my job. And so all of a sudden, it was like, do I want to work out or I've got to work this weekend? Like, it was so tough starting to handle that balance of staying in shape to go overseas eventually or getting into the real world. 
So I ended up just saying, you know, hanging up my tennis shoes. But to travel the world and get paid to play basketball, mm-hmm. what was I thinking? Oh someone should have like, yeah. I know. <laughs> someone should have shook me. I mean, some of the players that you know I stay connected to overseas, they're like, oh, I'm in Italy playing for them. Like what? Uh, now, obviously, some of the teams that have a little more money, maybe colder China or don't worry about ESPN. Give them uh, like, you know, like Russia. You know, you're going to places where they're you know you don't want to be away from home and there are challenges but I just think to play basketball get paid for it I'm like okay that's got to be amazing um, are there players that you guys would, would equate your games to at the next level or that you admire um, there's you know a lot of Canadians in the league obviously yeah. Natalie, John, yeah. I love them they're obviously great inspirations for me and, and close friends now that we were, we're teammates last summer um, yeah. so obviously I look up to them a huge amount and they've been really helpful at this this step for me yeah, you know, I've just admired all the different kind of post players in the game. There's so many, you know, yeah. Lena Deladon, Brittany Griner, Rihanna Stewart, just to name a few. But um, it's been incredible to just watch their careers and, you know, all throughout my time here, being able to watch and how they develop, too. Well, I want to end with this question because I asked Asia Durr this. And um, we get to admire you on the court as players. And you're and you're amazing. You're powerful and you're tough and you're strong and you're competitive. Um, but tell me something about you as a person. Person that we may not know. Away from basketball, look, she's like away from basketball. There is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that look on the face. We're just you don't know basketball, dang it. Uh, but yeah, let's if there is something um, away from basketball that maybe you know you're passionate about or that you enjoy doing, what, what would it be? She may need a little time. No, I got it. it. (laughs) No, for me, it's my family. They just mean the world to me. You know, when I'm, honestly, when I'm not playing basketball, I'm either, like, texting my mom, facing my mom, talking to my sisters. Um, They just mean the world to me, you know. Being from going to school in another country and just being away from home a lot, they just mean the world to me, and they're so supportive. And um, I just really, really am thankful for, you know, the person that they made me um, because I am, you know, a product of my parents for sure so um, I'm just really thankful for them and they are mean the world to me so I think they're just I'm really passionate but my sounds like we need sure. to trade parents my, my mom and dad are wearing me out right now okay, so <laughs> can we can we switch <laughs> it sounds like your, your parents are adding value my parents are giving me gray hair okay. <laughs> yeah I mean I love my family too for sure but I'm gonna go in a different direction um okay. something that you know some people know about me some people don't but I love corgis the dogs oh. um they're just the cutest things and when we got back from the elite eight we had one of our fans actually bring their corgi so I could meet it and the other yeah. day and it was so much fun but my love of corgis comes from the royal family overseas in Queen Elizabeth so just a fun fact oh wow <laughs> so, do you, are you going to get one of your own I hope to one day I don't have one right now but one day definitely would love to have a corgi well, he or she will have to travel the world with right you, right you should have a companion yeah you know, when, you're, when you're playing overseas and you know all that well that's awesome cool fun fact well ladies I cannot thank you enough for the memories that you guys have given us as a college athletes and um, I look forward to whatever you're doing next in your life basketball non-basketball whatever it is um you've brought so much joy for us and uh, looking forward to the next chapter for you both thank you you. all right women's basketball fans we are going into halftime but when we come back you're going to hear from your favorite host lachina robinson who sits down with some of the best basketball players to ever step foot on the court that's right Naismith Basketball Hall of Famers, Cheryl Miller, Katrina McClain, Lisa Leslie, Teresa Edwards, 
and Myers-Drysdale and Nancy Lieberman. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast around the rim in your iTunes app, if it's your Google Play app, if it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that Around the Rim is on your playlist. You can rate us, subscribe to us, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can also find us on SiriusXM Radio Channel 84. Listen, we are everywhere you need to be. So tune in, stay tuned into this podcast because after the break, it, it just gets even better. Well, fans, I can't even tell you how honored I am to be sitting in front of these two women right now. Um, God, any of these young women that are playing today, me, during my playing days, we owe so much to everything that you two brought to the game. Join me in welcoming to Around the Rim, Katrina McClain and Cheryl Miller. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to have you guys. Well, you're here, I know, in big part due to... um, the awards that are made in your name for women's college basketball, um, both in the power forward and the small forward. Let's start there. Yeah, hey, I wanted I wanted to be the power forward. Right. Let's start there. With those positions, because it's interesting how the game is evolving, right? And sometimes, you know, and both of you definitely fit that category, can do a lot of things. But tell me what was the key to success as a power forward and a small forward during your careers? Well, I don't think Tree gets enough credit for the way that she played. She transcended the game. I mean, she was one of the true power forwards, like a snag rebound, start the break, and then finish. Anything around the basket, um, it was automatic and a, a really, really tremendous teammate. Uh, so all right. that was nice. Now you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really and, and I really think um, that each position carries its own weight. Each position is just kind of like you have is very important, you know. So it's it's important that we all have our part and play our role. And and yes, you know, power forward mainly dominating inside, rebounding strength. But you got your small forward who's carrying a load on the outside, can do the slashing on the inside. Very key and very important. Then you got your guards, you, you know, your one and two guards who has their own different you know way of playing to well, their guards. But um, then you have your center. So it kind of like we all play together and play a very important role, and it just kind of makes the whole game more exciting. See, I always like prided myself on being a, a diversified player. Could play one through five. Yes. So I played her. <laughs> You're like, I'm I'm like, I don't want to do this. One through four. I'm comfortable with that. But if you were, if you were telling maybe a young woman that's coming up now, like, this is what you need to be a, a, a small forward and, and have success. I'd say the biggest thing is um, the competitiveness, the drive. Mm-hmm. Um, every day you step on the floor, on the court, in practice, um, be the first one in and the last one to leave. And continue to build. You're never as good as you think you are because there's somebody around the corner, hence this kid next to me, <laughs> um, that's always going to challenge you. And be a student of the game. Be a student. Follow, you know, on, on a lot of women like myself and, and Tree and, you know, Ann Myers Drysdale, Nancy Lieberman, Lisa Leslie. Uh, so, you know, just be a student of the game. Know your history. Yeah. No, that's very important. And that's what I love that they're doing this with these awards is bringing back. The foundation. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. lay the foundation for our game and everything that we see happening now with the, the ones that want to be you. 
one day. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, when you watch the game now, when you watch women's college basketball or WNBA, what do you see that stands out to you? Like, what, what do you see either in maybe where the game is growing, what's changed? What, what do you see? Um, I guess for me, a lot of it is just you see with some of the, the individual players, you see a lot of the heart in some cases. Um, I know when, I know Cheryl and I and Lisa and, and, um, a lot of the other athletes, Ann Myers, um, golly, Nancy Lieberman, I mean, we actually play with heart. I'm, just, yeah. you know, um, you could tell the player that really that's there because they want to be there. And the reason how you know that is because it doesn't matter if, if we have the cameras are there. It doesn't matter if we're getting paid to do this or do that. We want to win because we want to win well, because we love the do. game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was important, yeah. you know, just kind of, and then, and to be able to give back afterwards, you know, it's a reward in itself. You know, um, a lot of kids who watch us, you know, watch the game, they kind of, you know, they take on, they try to take on those our, our characteristics mm-hmm. and stuff. And so we want to be as positive as we can and try to send positive messages. Um, just like Cheryl said, you want to work hard. You know, you want to get out there, you know, be the first one out there, the last one off. You know, that stuff is serious. You know, if you really want, you have to eat, sleep, and drink this game if you really want to be the athlete that you want to be. Yeah. Well, you one of the wonderful things for me is just watching how the women's game, they're, they're faster, they're stronger, yeah. they're smarter, they're oh, well-coached. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only knock, I will say, because I'm a little old school, mm-hmm. the only time that we got along was during the Olympics when we were, we were wearing the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep, 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 yep. yep. And, and yeah, if she yeah. me out, I can guarantee she wasn't <laughs> helping me up. It was a step over and stay down and all that kind of stuff. But, but there's, but with that being said, um, and the WNBA has influenced a lot of friendships, which is great for the women's game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just happy to see it televised and, and just the competition now. You, mm-hmm. you can roll up the ball and it's anybody's game yeah. to win this whole thing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I'm curious, both of you drawing from, you know, championship situations from AU to high school to college to international stage professional whatever it is this is this is like when you put it all down on the line right like this is like you show up or shut up right now at the final four right. what are maybe a memory or two from those moments that you guys had that you know you could impart if you if you had the opportunity on on these young women about either how to how to have success at this level in this on this stage or something that you know stands out to you from the memories. I know my freshman and sophomore year we were going up against the two time defending champs Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech mm-hmm. and Kim Mulkey who everybody wanted to snap. Yep. Everybody wanted to snap. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Um, and I'll never I'll never forget my freshman year going at halftime and we were down by 20 and I'm like I ain't coming out there Bill can go I'm not oh, so it, it, was, it was on national TV dancing <laughs> in the stands and I'm like we were getting embarrassed and Coach Sharp comes in the locker room and goes I guess we're not going to play a perfect game and I said, oh, she done lost it. She done hit the saucer. <laughs> hit the saucer. We're going to go out and press. Now, mind you, our third, fourth, and fifth team and the high school team used to run through our press. We couldn't press. And I don't know what clicked and everything else, but we came back from a 20-point deficit to win by two. 
first national championship. Wow. So never get never get down, even when you're down, right? <laughs> he's he's bragging. He's bragging. <laughs> How about you? Um, I guess for me, um, play. I played with the guys. I played with the guys growing up all the time. You know, some friends across the street. And I always say that for me is you have to live it. To really want to be good, you got to live the game. You got to be there in and out. You got to, you know, for us, for it was after school, homework across the street. You know, you got to be, you got to make sure you get your education. You got to make sure that that's, that's, that's number one in itself. And the reason being is because you can't play if you're not passing. Okay. You know, and you can't go to college and, and compete at a certain level if you're not um, educated at that level. So that's important, and I've learned that along the way that you know you gotta you gotta have your education, um, but just being able to be consistent on and off the court, just being dedicated on the court and making sure that if this is what you want, then you just gotta you gotta go for it. You gotta be you gotta make sure practice, practice, practice. Yeah. You know, and of course, um, good coaching. I mean, that's important. Yeah. you got to have great coaches. And you brought up a great point. Um, it didn't matter who you were playing against. No. Boys, girls, exactly. guys. Exactly. Let's bring it on. Sisters, bring them on. Let's make you better. That's that right. Time. That's right. But that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of that, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you who's the better shooter in your family. I mean, First you know what? That was a submitted question. I will concede he's the better shooter, but I'm the better looking Miller. Well, before I let you, you ladies go, I'm just curious, are there any favorites this weekend? Is there a team or a player you got to see? I mean, we got Baylor, Connecticut, Notre Dame, Oregon. What do y'all think? I'm looking for a great game. Okay. I, I love to see good games because yes. you get to see the heart of the players. You get to see, you know, who's what. And the com- the competitiveness is just crazy. Yeah. So I just want to see a good game. For me is that everybody's healthy and operating at full strength. That's, That's great. what I want. You got to go, you go. Pack 12. I thought you might go, you know. No, you know what? <laughs> it would be nice to see a new face. Yeah. It would, yeah. It would be yeah. nice. Yeah. So I might be rooting a little bit for yeah. Baylor. We're so, you know, yeah. I know. I'll give her a little. Love. I know. Yeah, we, need <laughs> <laughs> we need. We need more. We need, we need more monkey stories. We don't have enough time. I need more monkey stories. But, um, I can't thank you both enough, not only for your time today, but everything you've done for our game. Thank, oh, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, and thank you for what you're doing. Oh, I'm trying. I wasn't a good player, so I got to be on this side of it. Hey, okay. Hey. I, couldn't, I couldn't roll more with y'all. Exposure. So I get more media. exposure. That's what we're trying to do. Um, okay, so basketball fans, we are with two people that need no introduction, but um, two legends, two greats of the game uh, joining us in Teresa Edwards and Lisa Leslie. First question I ask you is, I'm sure you guys have watched college women's basketball this season at some point, at least, you know, a game or two or whatever. When you watch the college game, 
good or bad, what stands out to you about where the game is now versus when you two competed? Um, I think for me, I actually have watched a, a lot of college women's basketball this year, probably more than ever. Now that we have the awards, you know, named mm-hmm. after us, I thought it would be, you know, it just it would be doing the young ladies a disservice if you didn't get a chance to get a steady digest of them. What I really love is just the overall athleticism. I feel like the women are moving so fast and, and so quick and jumping higher and um, that part of the game, you can see the evolution of the woman's body and their ability to move and quickness in the crossovers. Um, all of that stuff that we see um, is great because I really believe at the time when we were playing, there were a lot of players playing, but then there was less talent. I feel like the talent that Teresa Edwards brought to the court stood out so much because there were some average players and then you had this greatness speckled through to me. Ooh, there's some people mad at you. Okay. Okay. And I feel like now with the players moving so fast and jumping so high so quick, the individual player has gotten so much better. Mm. But I do believe that we had much more of a team concept, much more of an understanding of the game, like in terms of what was going to happen before it happened, reads, uh, movement, those types of things, I feel like continue can continue to improve. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, overall, I, I love the women's game. I think that it's continuing to grow. I think that the players, you know, God, I mean, some of those players are just uh, amazing. And the quickness and a lot of the guards, I mean, the, between the crossing over and the step back and the yeah. fadeaway jumpers and the three-pointers and the distance, um, we have that. But, I mean, we could name a few players who could, you know, Ruthie Bowden is a player who crossed half court. Ruthie is in her range. Right. You know, Cheryl yeah. Swoops. You know, we all have different players that had – that long range shots, but it wasn't as many as you see today. So I, I love where the game has evolved, but they could always still learn something from us. <laughs> what, can they, what can they learn from you, T? What do you well, see I, when you look out here? I, I get a little bit more excited now than I did maybe, say, five years ago. I think the talent is spread, uh, a lot more spread around the league. Uh, not the league, I'm sorry, the schools and, and the, yeah the kids are really taking their talents to different places and they're challenging the top of the hill instead of and they're going to programs that they can help make something of it um as an old person older than lisa's talking she's talking up about me and ruthie and i'm thinking you had a, a latonya pollard that could shoot the lights out of the ball you know you had some george walkers that was street balling like uh you know what i mean i got players that was when i was a freshman in college totally intimidated me that i have on my mind and um then i think of Anne's, you know her her generation i think of um blaze joski could shoot the daylights out of the ball i mean you when you really dig we've come a long ways then when i look out today i i see exciting basketball i see a lot of of what we put into it paying off and being a good, a happy old lady sitting on the sideline enjoying the game right now. Yeah. When I think about the Final Four, this is like the platform for women's college basketball. Like, you want to get to the Final Four. You want to win a national championship. You guys have been in so many championship situations from international to USA basketball to college to WNBA, whatever. In those moments, when you look back, what did you draw on 
and when you were successful in those situations? And then what were things that kept you from winning that championship, that kept you from advancing in the Final Four? Because we have a lot of young women. We have an Oregon team their first time here, right? Mm-hmm. But we also got a UConn game that's lost on the last second shot the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's what do I need to do, but then also what do I need to do different? Like what what do you draw on from those championship situations, both successful and not? Um, I think for me, it's really when I look back, um, the preparation, you know, practicing and, and just being in those situations in your head and in practice with teammates that make it when you have that moment, that moment is so much easier because we've already done it. And just going back to like even our Olympic years of, of practice, I mean, think about when you start naming who you're practicing against every day. That's a heck of a practice. No matter what team was put together, it was it was a battle. And so me having the opportunity to grow up playing against Katrina McClain and then playing with Katrina McClain, I mean, like, every day was a lesson. Like, you don't come in there one day not ready or you come get your shot clock. You know, and that was the lessons that I took from, you know, them as the veterans and me being one of the younger players was that whether it's a practice or a game, it don't matter. You show up. And then I think the second part of that is the visualization that I would always play those big games, the championship games, the gold medal games in my head before I ever stepped out there. I would visually see myself making that shot or making that bank shot or getting that rebound or grabbing a rebound over someone or knocking down that free throw or playing that defense or rotating. So it, to me in my head, I had already played the game before that big moment. And then not getting to the championship in college for me going to, I think, two, what is it called, Elite Eight? Mm-hmm. Like, that sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and and just not having enough, um, you know, for various reasons. One, you know, Marianne Stanley was my coach, and she got fired. So our senior year, we had our best team. We beat Stanford. We win the Pac-10 championship that year. And Cheryl Miller, her first year coaching, who would admit she was like, an amazing motivator, but as far as X's and O's, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> she said that on record. So it was just like, she's young, and, yeah. you know, it's a moment that's lost that for, for me. But I knew that I gave it my all. We, at one time, only had eight players. I mean, it was just situations. But to Teresa's point is that I was a kid who was number one recruit in my year in 1990, but I could have gone to the top schools, and to me, that just wasn't challenging enough. I'm like, I I decided to go to a school who's in tenth place to right. try to bring them bring back to yeah. glory, you know. Yeah. And so to get to a final eight, yeah, that was a big deal, and to stay home and not go across country. But you know, in hindsight, maybe you do it differently. Um, but but I'm 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 okay with you know those failures is what made me better and able to succeed at the next level. Well, I know I made it to the Final Four twice. So the first time, it was, yeah, the freshman year we made it, uh, we played against USC, Cheryl. And um, for Oregon, I'm feeling like, you know, be prepared for the unexpected. And what happened, believe it or not, um, the clock went out. And I was a kid that worked off that clock. If we were down 10 and we had, what, 10 minutes to go, I would turn it on, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't, my, so I wasn't prepared for the unexpected. Yeah. Then the next time, when, the second time we went, um, Jesus, Old Dominion beat us in the finals. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what happened there was, I mean, it's not the unexpected. It's like we had the chemistry, we had the team, we had the talent, we had a great coaching staff. Everything worked. It was just 
all of them fall into place. Yeah. And, you know, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. But, the, I mean, as to Lisa's point, preparation is huge. But I think what's key is bringing your best you and trying to be as calm collective and just play your best game as far as do what you know you can do and it it all fall into place because on the championship teams like we played with, on the olympic teams we're both very i was gonna say yeah, well, yeah. you didn't tell me what is that what you did when you won all those gold medals no 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 now when i'm when i'm really mad pissed right i can really play okay. so, <laughs> so that's what so, UConn's playing with after they got that number two seed that's what i was going to say to you yeah, yeah yeah so that's you got the chip on your shoulders totally different motivation so before i let you guys go because i know we have to wrap just one thing and it can be WNBA, college basketball whatever one thing that you would like to see changed about our game i mean there's so much there's so many hot topics right now from oh, yeah. you know women not getting opportunities to coach women um, I mean, you can pick anything. WNBA obviously is having their challenges right now across the board. They've got the CBA going. I mean, there's so much happening with our sport, which is great. Like, there's there's good things happening, good dialogue, good conversation. But for two people that have built the foundation for all of this, what what is one thing that you would you would like to see changed? I would say for me, now that I'm you know retired and removed from the game as far as being a player in the WNBA and even maybe for college is that I feel like there's nothing that lets you know or reminds you when women are playing basketball and where to find them. I feel like it's just a search, you know, I'm having to be on direct TV going through all the channels and I feel like, yes, there's sites and there's things on social media that can let us know, but I feel like there was a time in the WNBA where we knew you know, we were on every Wednesday and Friday. Like, Wednesday and Friday is WNBA, you know, or now that I'm going to be coaching in the Big Three, you know, it's like every Saturday and Sunday live, the Big Three, from June 22nd through September 1st, you know that you can find the Big Three. I feel like we don't have that coined thing to find the WNBA and college. College, a little bit more because you can find Fox, but you got to do a lot of surfing to really be reminded we don't have to do that for men's sports. We don't have to do that for okay. men's basketball. We don't have to do that. So you knew when Zion was playing and when okay. Duke was playing. Alert. Alert. <laughs> sports center. I mean, it's just in your face. The guys are talking about it. And then the last thing I would say is it's been interesting because I have different, being connected to different networks we get notes on all the sports, right? So I have my notes that come in through emails, whether it's about football, NFL, boxing, men's college basketball, pro football, everything except for women's sports. And I feel like how is there so many women involved and how is this possible where I get one note, one thing came through, it was like Oregon made it to the final four. This is their first time. Wow. Like that's, this is the only report that I saw through this whole feed over this uh, March Madness. So it's sort of those disconnect that we as women, part of the media, have to make sure we're kind of making a, a fuss about, like, hey, you realize we haven't talked about that? You know that this is a topic that's going on? There's more than just men's basketball going on. There's college women's basketball going on. And it shouldn't be we become worthy to be a part of the news once you get to the Final Four. And then once that's over, it's gone. Women's WNBA is not a part of Sportsman or any of that until we get to the playoffs. Now you get a moment, you see? Yeah. So we have a disconnect, I think, through media, through how and where we can find women's basketball consistently on television. And I'm not talking about for those of us who actually follow 
Right. Because we're dialed in. Because yeah. we're dialed in. Yeah. But but for the average fan, it's like, when when did, when did, it, when did the women play? Yeah. One thing, T. Lisa said it all. I dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> when did the women play? There it is. Okay. Well, thank you guys for stopping by. I love you both dearly, as you know. And... Keep just doing you. Being and you. I want to say to you, Latrina, I'm so proud of awesome. you. Awesome. You're doing such great work. Yeah, and it feels really you. good. That's because you guys She's encourage growing up right before our eyes. It feels really good to turn on the television and to see you, whether yeah. it's WNBA or college basketball, yeah. I think I saw you, or NBA, um, ESPN, or just, you know, it, it's really, it is, I'm really proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. And, just know when we turn on TV and whether you have your hair in a braids or ponytail or down, you know, Y'all all of that. Well, you know, I'm probably the only one listening to your skills and talent. Obviously, they're judging you. Well, you I'm not. And I was listening to you. But this is what I want you to know. You're a role model. And for my daughter to see you or somebody else's daughter, sometimes we need to be told that, yeah, it's great to see you and what you're representing. You represent us all. Thank you. You Girl, you represent Okay. (laughs) Basketball fans, we have someone on our podcast right now that I can't even believe I'm connected to. Like the fact that I have your number in my cell phone still gives me giggles. But um, I am being joined right now by Ann Myers Drysdale and um, Annie. I just want to say thank you first to start this that. Um, you could easily be someone because of what you've accomplished, because of who you are as a person who doesn't have time. Well, I like to think I am someone. someone (laughs) My mom and dad think so. Yes, you are. But someone that didn't have time for the little people. But you make time, whether it's you text me and tell me you heard me on a broadcast or I need to take those lashes off. We have we have gone the gamut, haven't we? Well, I, I have to reiterate what Lisa Leslie said, though, LaChina. We're, we're all proud of you and where you've come from. And and it's nice that you can be green in the beginning and learn and uh, and having tea here, which she was with you in the beginning. Oh, and yes. uh, and we've seen it. And, and you just, you've just blossomed, and, it, and it's wonderful to see. And, and we're all appreciative of the work you do and then also the voice that you have. Well, thank you. Watching you call games, listening to you call games for forever has definitely <laughs> helped me and still listening to every Phoenix broadcast when you're on. But um, So let's start with just this award, right? So we have these awards, and what I love about what the Hall of Fame has done is we're connecting the foundation of our game to the current players, and that has to happen, right? We need to know the history of our game, and so uh, the Shooting Guard Award is named after you, and and, and as our game is evolving, and it was funny because I found out a lot about Katrina McClain, and she's not just a power forward in the way she plays the game, right? Uh, Only seen highlights, limited, but what, what made a successful shooting guard when you played, and then where do you think maybe that position has changed or evolved over time? Well, it certainly has changed over time, and we did not have a one, two, three, four, five. Uh, you played a guard, you played a forward, you played a center, and uh, and I played all five positions. I was a high jumper, so I could play the five, and because I could jump and, and so forth. And uh, but uh, certainly growing up on the playgrounds and, and playing against guys, you learn how to play different positions and, and do different things. And uh, and the game certainly has changed, no question, as far as the positions. But you know, I'm so happy and, and appreciative and grateful for the Naismith Hall of Fame and and doing this for the women and making the you know, the awards in, in certain people's names. And I believe me, there are so many that could have 
been over me as well because we've got so many great women that have played this game that uh, have made a statement in who they are and what they accomplished in this game and uh, so I'm grateful that you know my name is out there at the two but you know like I said I played a lot of different positions and uh, and the five women that have been chosen all their names uh, stand for a lot of character in this game so uh, the two um, you know I, I was the third leading scorer my senior year at UCLA so I wasn't always shooting the basketball but um, I think the, the fact from my position that it's a, it's a player that, that does everything and uh, they can play the point they can play the three, they can rebound they play defense which for me that's a really important part of the game because the game still is played on both ends of the floor and unfortunately I think the game has become so offensive minded and, and statistically and analytically how many points people are getting rather than the defensive end and, and coaches today too they tell you you win with defense, and the defense is going to change the tempo of the game and uh, certainly turn things around. That's where your offense comes from. Curious as to anyone who impresses you, right? When you look at the landscape right now of college basketball, we've got four teams here, Oregon and Baylor and Connecticut and, and um, Notre Dame, but is there a player that you've seen on the college stage that just stands out to you? There's so many. I, the, the game has been wonderful to see it evolve because there's so many more players that go deep into the bench. Uh, but even in my award this year, uh, the five players that were up for it, it was just tremendous. And this is only the second year, yes. And not to say that last year with Vivian's getting it, and, uh, you know, she deserved it, but there were also four of the good players. But this year, it seems the competition was just unbelievable. And uh, for that to come out. Uh, it just need to see that in all five positions, really. So the other thing is, too, is the, the parity in the game. And yes, Notre Dame won it last year, and yes, Connecticut is always up there and so forth, as Baylor is this year, and you, it's nice to see Oregon, but you see the Louisvilles, and you see the Maryland's, and you see, I mean, Pac-12 had five, six teams this year. They had seven last year, and, and so it shows you that the, the programs are still strong, and coaching is still important. Very, very important. And I'm going back to our call because I'm on the, sh- the committee for your award, which I know you had something to do with, but I'm like, really? I get to do this? Uh, but one thing that stands out to me I love about those calls is that um, you're not just interested in hearing about the stats and the shooting, but it's like, okay, what other things do they do around the game? But then also, what are they like in the community? What are they like off the basketball court? And, you know, you definitely encompass that as a player and continue to all the aspects of being a complete person and a role model. And that's taken into consideration as well with this award. I think it is important, LaChina, because of the fact that I'm much older and out of the game as a player, certainly, and we know that your life is more than just playing as a player, and so you do have to do something else. And I think what is so wonderful that we've seen in our game, as yourself and so many other wonderful women that are broadcasting now, and the opportunities that they have to be on the other side, but to be, make an impact in the community and as a student and whatever your degree is, and doors are going to open up for you because of the game that you play. I also know, too, that the WNBA has gr- had a great impact on these women uh, playing high school and college. The impact I would like to see now is women announcers, men announcers, talk about our women players as role models. And I'm tired of being compared to the kid that just won the high school dunk contest. And uh, so don't don't tell me that you admire NBA players. I want to know that you admire WNBA players. 
Do they know who the WNBA teams are? Do they know who the WNBA players are? They want to play pro? Then know it. And they need to follow it. They need to support each other. I agree with that. And, and that's why I love what's, what happens at the Final Four. We had Sue Bird in here earlier. She's a presence here. I wish we had even more WNBA players and coaches that could be you know, involved in what's happening, though I know it's really hard. Um, but I'm, I'm curious on that point. What can we do? Like, what can we do? Is it on the coaches? Is it, you know... It's on everybody. It's on everybody. And you have to educate. And certainly, I think uh, young high school kids, they should be known. Uh, The the high school and AAU should be telling those kids who the WNBA teams are, who the WNBA players are. Same thing with colleges. Those college coaches need to take interest in the pro game because their kids are then going to go on to the next level. And uh, I think we as, as announcers, as broadcasters, we need to continue to compare them to the women players, not to the men players. And they are women. They are not girls. And just it's even the verbiage that you use. And uh, so I, I think it's really everybody. Yeah. want to bring you in really quickly. I know we don't have a lot of time, but fans, we are joined by Nancy Lieberman, who is so kind, um, the Hall of Famer, to join us. Um, for a, a, just a brief chat, just curious, what are you seeing in college women's basketball right now that um, you enjoy or or even maybe that's different from your playing days? Well, I'm seeing that, uh, and first it's great to see you, Anne. <laughs> She's iconic, as you well yes, know. I love the fact that the coaches are getting better. You know, we implore that the players have to get better, bigger, stronger, faster, understand the game, and coaches are getting better because you have to get better or you're not going to have your job. And you're being pushed by younger people who, in all walks of life, if we, the incumbent in coaching, don't take our game to the next level, and some young person who's young, who's going to grind, who has had wonderful opportunities to learn the game, they're going to take your job eventually. So it's pushed uh, some of the older coaches to get re-energized uh, back into the game. And then you have to get connected to this generation. Uh, I've seen that. Annie has certainly seen that at the WNBA level. I've seen it as well. But at the NBA level, at the Big Three, it doesn't matter where I'm coaching. You must, as a coach... You have to be able to connect to your players and understand who they are in in that time and space. Yeah. Well, one final question, and I would love to get your take on this. I mean, the point guard award is, is under your name is so coveted, and you obviously know what makes a great point guard as a player. But you're watching that that position also evolve in our game. Uh, what do you think were the key ingredients to making you a great point guard? And then what do you see now at that position that um, impresses or surprises you, maybe? Well, I believe this is the 20th year of the point guard of the year award. And I, I do commend the hall for ex- extending it to positions because if we only have one award, then we have not won the battle. And it, there are legendary players whose name had to be associated because we all – like. I, I know Ann will agree with me. I used to want to play for the Wade Trophy. I wanted to be an All-American. I wanted to to compete at the highest levels. And I think today's players also want to compete for something. It doesn't have to be singular because winning the championship is the most important thing. But you can have the best of both worlds if that's what is important to you. So one, to have a, a an award in our name 
you know, we're living and we can give our award and they can actually see the person who might have done something um, for us to be rewarded with this honor. But yeah, it's it, well, thank goodness there's Google. Yes. <laughs> but but the cool thing about the point guard of the year award, it's first of all the the day of the outlet pass is about to be over because everybody can take it off the glass and come down and you know start initiating offense. So you have to be part coach. You have to be part psychiatrist. You have to be able to shoot the basketball, understand with the three-point line, if people are going underneath it, uh, they're disrespecting you. Okay. So you have to have a little dog in you. You have to be able to defend because you're the first line of defense. And more importantly, do you make you good or do you make people around you good? And if you elevate people around you, you're going to have a higher level uh, of success. But when I say a psychologist... You could yell at Ann and I when we were younger. It didn't bother us. We had coaches who, you know, said what they had to say, but we didn't like, there was no defriending them on social media. Today, you know, I just think it's a different generation and you have to talk to people. You have to know who you can yell at, who you have to talk in private, who you have to coddle. That word actually bothers me. But you have to understand who you're dealing with and the personalities. And that's very important in being that floor general and getting, you know, knowing time score possession. So you put your team in a place to have success. So there's a lot of uh, responsibility being a point guard. Well, you mentioned elevating the rest of your team. And I just want to, while I'm sitting here, thank you both for elevating our game in the way that you have, but also making time to come back and touch these players. You know, when people ask me what I enjoy about going into practice or shoot-arounds is that I know these young women are going to feel a presence with them, someone that they can reach out and touch and say, wow, I met and Myers, or I met Nancy Lieberman, and, and that's a very impactful thing. And also for them to gain an appreciation for what you women did. So thank you so much, and continue to do for all of us. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.